Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with Cash and Hightower. This is Cash. And you've got Hightower coming to you live from Studio Hightower. Only the best and brightest here at Studio Hightower. That's right, and I just realized I said live, we're not, you know. Oh, it's live. We're live right now. We're live. Yeah, when you hear this, it's, <laughs> oh, it's still we'll live. live. <laughs> Eff it, we'll do it live. All right, we're here to talk to you tonight, or today, or this morning, about a 1984 classic starring my good friend, Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. You may have heard of it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's about a police officer in the sticks in Oregon, <laughs> up Beverly Hills. <laughs> it's a very low-key movie. Not a lot happens. This was like the first, not the first Eddie movie, but the first like big-time blockbuster Eddie movie. And for great reason, which oh, yeah. we will get into. As we get going here, but anything you'd like to kick off the show with? I mostly the fact that I'm excited that we've made it. This we we didn't even mention this is oh, episode yeah. twenty. Episode number twenty. So we're going on. What is that now? Five. We started in January. Yeah. yeah. Good grief, man! Six months. This is crazy. And we p- couldn't have picked a better movie to talk about in episode twenty here. I'm 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 real jazzed. When people say, "Why do you think '80s movies are the best?" I would put this on the short list of reasons why 80s movies are the best. I totally agree. <laughs> but we'll talk about rankings and all that stuff later on, of course. Hey, real quick off while we're talking, before we get into it, I had a couple text messages that I wanted to share with you. Okay. First one was from Zach okay. slash Ron Rico. Ron Rico. And uh, he was he listened to the Mummy episode, and he wanted to, he checked in and said, hey, when he, he used to live out in Colorado, and he worked for this uh, basically PBS station out in Colorado. But anyway, they, they were doing a story on this guy who raised camels. And so <laughs> Zach never Zach never personally rode them, but uh, he said they were pretty nasty. We like, got a guy now if we yeah, need to. We got a camel guy. We got we got a camel guy. We got connections with uh, Sandy B. Yeah. And Eddie M. Now. But he was kind of just, he was kind of descri- describing like the gross factor of a camel. Like, did we ever settle on mad, matted hair and fur and crap like yeah. all mixed together? Did we ever settle on if camels are faster than horses? I didn't actually end up looking it up, but come on. I just can't. I can't buy that. I, just, I understand the sand factor, but I feel like horses will, would still yeah. win. I don't know. I don't know. I've never. To be, to be determined. Maybe next week I'll look that up. Yeah. Uh, the second text I got was from Dr. Dub, mm-hmm. who's backing us up on Pixels. Good. He texted in. I think it was like, it was just like a few words it was like it was like i too like pixels i was like hell yeah hey how did you think how did you like the mummy episode i too like pixels <laughs> sounds good that's what that's the good thing about dr dub like i don't even we don't have to like catch up and talk about the world today we can just yeah. like text each other a few words and we're in sync man we're in tune with the tides i, I understand man that's love uh, you dr dub yeah thanks man thanks for backing us up too because we were oh yeah threw it out there like i said i know my family our fans pretty much everybody i don't think anybody in my immediate family dislikes it but um you've met hootie before that used to play oh, yeah. trivia with us of course. He, he can't stand it oh really cannot stand it hootie, like every on. time we talk about it he cannot stand it that's too bad that's too bad. Okay. I, I was going to say, I didn't get any feedback on the mummy. I didn't get a thumbs my, uh, up, a thumbs down. So I was back home this weekend for a baseball tournament, and my dad was very excited we were covering this episode. I'm not sure that he actually listened to the mummy, but <laughs> okay. he likes the films. I, yeah. 
Those are those are he, fun ones. He also had the fond memories of seeing it in Branson. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. You want to get into it? Let's do it. Okay. Well, the so. Heat is on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals use this. Uh, I think probably tons of teams probably use it. I know the Cardinals use this in the '80s with one of their like end of the year highlight videos. This was their this was their big song, and I have to say. I made a note of it a couple times here. I love the soundtrack. Oh my in gosh! Gener- like the entire soundtrack. A hundred percent. I have like I have several of the songs written down. Hey, do you want a hot take real quick right off the bat? Let's fire away. Glenn Fry, mm-hmm. the best eagle. Yeah, no, I, I didn't realize that was up for debate. Hot take. Hot. <laughs> we got a hot take over here. I, I'm gonna get some hate, some hate for that one, but Glenn Fry all the way. You're not gonna get it from this side of the room. He might be the biggest jerk of the group, but he's also the best. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes those jerks—they're the uh, most talented. That's just the way it goes. All right, sorry to cut you off. Already, it's okay. No, it's okay, man. I was—I—I I wrote it down a few times because um, one of the things—and I always remembered this when I was watching this movie, but watching it again for the show—they are not bashful about using the Harold Faltermeyer Axel F song and all of its variations. And yes. I couldn't care less. Like I want to hear it every single time it comes on in that movie. Basically, after about minute 35 of the film it starts every scene it does like some variation yes, of axel f which again i'm all on board like, yeah i, I have no issues with it whatsoever it's puts, like the mortal Kombat song yeah puts me in a great mood yeah except for this is a good movie yeah and, as opposed to <laughs> <laughs> and i have to say too like this is my favorite type of eddie roll because we start off immediately with him trying to swindle those cigarette i don't know dealers whatever underground oh yeah <laughs> the, the black market of cigarette dealers <laughs> all those paul malls and lucky stripes they sure change this man no they sure change you <laughs> <laughs> give me my five thousand bucks my five thousand bucks screw this man i'll see you later <laughs> and that opening chase scene too like once the cops bust him and he's you know it just stop man it just stop and yeah. they take off man that is like some of those crashes are brutal that Mack truck just crashing through cars oh is incredible. my goodness I can't believe it. just the sheer force that thing just it doesn't even like it lo- never loses momentum no there's just smashing through cars there's one too like it, it, he's driving through like obviously swerving hitting all those cars but then there's one like in that like subdivision area that he drives into that power pole or light pole or whatever and it explodes like. Every time, even like dad and I were watching this one time a while back, and dad was like, Good God, like I did not yeah. remember that. I feel like that one was an accident. They're like, I, Oh, I did, oh gosh, <laughs> did you catch that? Did you get that? <laughs> Someone get a camera on that damn thing. Um, speaking of a great soundtrack, the Neutron Dance is oh, playing yeah. during the scene. I great song, Pointer I have Sisters. Most all of these songs in some capacity or another, either on my phone or on Spotify, or I think we bought the CD one time at like a secondhand store or something like that just good stuff all of it i'm pretty sure zach has uh like the lp like the record like the 45 i think of the soundtrack i'm pretty sure he sent that to me one time and there's uh that's some pretty heavy duty stunts too whoever's hanging up and eddie you you know you get a close-up on eddie hanging out on the back of that truck a couple (laughs) times too it's like man that just this whole opening scene like this is a you know I would say this one, and and we'll talk about it more. I, I got some questions for you, but like this one, as opposed to the second one, is a lot more action and story driven than yeah. than the second or obviously third one too. Yeah, that's. Uh, and I'm not really like a big stunt guy. I don't necessarily love car chases and all that stuff. Yeah. But this one really works. Just again for that truck just smashing through objects. Yeah. 
less is more though. That's like right. th- this is the only big like car chase scene right. really i mean at least in this one so yeah I'm, I'm like you like it's not my big thing i'm not a big fast and furious guy for that reason like i i'll watch him but yeah i only start watching him for the rock yeah and then well, obviously and then, kurt yeah obviously kurt, right. yeah. mr nobody i don't think he's coming back for the new one is he no no he's done i'm out then yep uh, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, they the truck guy takes off, but then he ends up uh, wrecking, and then you know, Foley, we should have known it was you. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I guess you don't recognize Axel. That's fair enough. But um, his buddy gets back to the station, Jeff, or I guess his partner, Paul Reiser. Paul um, Reiser, pre Mad About You fame, of course. That's right, but <laughs> but post Aliens, right? Yes. Uh, no, no not Aliens yet. was eighty six. That's right. So. He has not yet been the Weasley bad guy yet. No, he's good, not. Good catch. Um, you, you know, tell him, I, everybody, of course, giving Axel a hard time, and then Inspector Todd. I love Inspector Todd. I also love Inspector Todd. It's just, every cop movie in the 80s has to have that, you know, that authority figure. T- yeah, tough guy, but. Do you know who Inspector Todd is? He is Axel Foley's uh, Inspector. <laughs> but in real life? Uh, negative. This man is not an actor. He is a Detroit detective. Really? I think his name is Gilbert Hill, I think. Yeah, past but yeah, he's like a he's yeah. like a legit police detective wow. for the Detroit Police Department. <laughs> well, his uh, acting chops include Beverly Hills one, two cop one, two and three. One, Beverly Hills one, yep, two and three. That's so. right. It's incredible. Like you knowing that it makes the character even better because he's one of the like best parts of the film. You would 100% think he was an actor. Uh, like the way he talks and delivers lines and stuff like that. Like Dude, he's got it. I love Inspector Todd. I wonder if it's kind of like, you know, Arlie Ermey's always in those the army movies. movies. Yeah, yeah like he's He's a former marine or something or, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously he became an actor, like full-fledged yeah, actor, afterwards. but yeah. some of the stuff that he brought to like those army roles and like the banter and everything else. I feel like Inspector Todd that knowing that like he clearly used these lines on somebody else before. Inspector Todd brings the heat early. Oh, I love man. it. Just puts Axel in his place. Which is good, too, because one of the things that I, I, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, okay, every 80s cop movie, like, there's always that, like, wild card detective or inspector, whoever it is. And they always get in trouble by their boss. And I'm always like, sometimes I watch these movies, and I'm like, these guys are actually doing a good <clears throat> job, and you're kind of coming down on them just to be a jerk. Like, right. Inspector Todd had 100% reason to come down on him here and oh yeah, oh yeah, put him in his place. I loved it. Yep, that's a good boss. It's good bossing. <laughs> and it, then we go. So like this is what I was talking about too. Like this next scene when uh, Axel comes home and his buddy uh, Michael Tandino. Um, Great name, by the way. Played by James Russo. Russo. Um, so he goes home. He finds him there, and like they're old buddies. They go out to the bar, and it's like it, it's a genuinely like sentimental scene but kind of awkward too which i don't yeah you like do you are you pick it's awkward as like in like what's their relationship awkward well or? it's uh, not only that but like i just the way that they talk about stuff like he's you know, let's go steal a car man he's like i yeah. can't i'm a cop and that was weird like i love you man and just i don't know it I, obviously you can tell what they were going for and yeah. i still think it works it's not it's not bad it's just Storytelling. It's, it's a little awkward. I, yeah. It seems a little out of place. It is. I mean, they're letting us know Axel had like you know a checkered past. Sure. Whatever, but yeah, it is. It is weird. Like, yeah, it is kind of out of nowhere. But it does. I mean, if we don't do this, then we can't set up the following scene, and then right. the, the rest of the events of the movie. The German bear bonds that show up. 
at Axel's apartment. Yeah, and I I personally take issue with this because I invest in German bear bonds, and oh. I like my. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Um, hey, I forgot to mention this. The thing that, like, uh, as good as a friend as Michael Tantino may appear to be, mm-hmm. that turd left the freaking refrigerator door open. That's true. Oh my gosh, that would drive me crazy. It's a dick move. I would instantly be upset to see him <laughs> if that it was wide open. What's he doing? Like eating a sandwich or something? He was yeah. sitting there doing something in the freaking fridge wide open. That's awful. Open. Especially with the on, man. place that Axel lives. I mean, he's probably not paying for luxury food, so all that stuff's gonna go bad. That's a great point. It's a dick move. That is a that is a huge dick move. Come on, Michael Tandino. Uh, <laughs> but they get jumped uh, when they get back. So the guy's name, I can't, uh, Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks, that's plays, right. And he said, I think this is the only time they say his name in the movie is Zach. Like he's like, hey Zach, I'm sorry, but you know. So I never knew that, and I never really cared either, honestly. I think uh, Victor Maitland calls him Zach, like, also one time. But, yeah, it's okay. very not – they don't name him often. So we're going to tie – we're going to give a, a Kurt tie-in here already. With with uh, Jonathan Banks? With Jonathan Banks. Oh, gosh. I know Jonathan Banks is in the um, 48 Hours movies with Eddie. Mm-hmm. But with he's, Kurt? He's been in a, t- a ton of stuff. So his – it's a very small role, but he's in uh, Dark Blue, actually. Hmm. He, is, I can't remember. He's another he's, police, he's officer. A police officer. Yeah, he's yeah. like one of the like crooked guys. But anyway, I, I see that's cool. He's also in Breaking Bad, right? Jonathan Banks. Yes. Yeah. He's um. He had like a little resurgence with that. Yeah, he's got a kind of recurring. I think he's in that Better Call Saul show too. Like I think he's in it a few times. But yeah. Anyway, um, Jonathan Banks or Zach, as he's called in the movie, Zach jumps Mikey. Um, you get the you get the impression he might let him off the hook, but then pins him down and uh, shoots him right in the back of the head. In the yeah. middle of the hallway. Very awkward death scene. Like, it, it is not. Yeah, it is not well filmed. Well, not only is it not well filmed, but it is also very, um, very dramatic. Like it's, uh, it's a very artsy shot, like down the hall kind of thing. Like, well, the, driving they, it home. You could tell they couldn't pull it off either because the camera zoomed out far away, yeah. so you couldn't really see anything. And like two shots fired, and he like already had like kind of like let go of him. So it's like, ah, okay, I'll yeah. give it a pass. Give you a pass. I mean, something else to think about too. I mean, obviously we know they're they're playing it up. Detroit is a difficult city. Detroit, what? But, um, it is funny. This is like 1984, and I feel like Detroit is kind of like how I picture it today. Just kind of like yeah. run down like the downtown area, and, right? You know, the city of Detroit. Yeah, they definitely play it up for. I mean, those are actual shots, so. Yeah, and nobody, um, and no, nobody else, uh, you know, come out of their door or like, uh, what's going on out here? So, I mean, probably right. not going to be running towards gunfire, but I would just always, it felt, I always got the impression it was kind of like, yeah, I can shoot this guy in the hallway and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> right. I did read where the police offered an escort to, an escort to Martin Brest, the director of the film, mm-hmm. like through most of the neighborhoods. Oh. But there were like some places that they like wouldn't take them, nice. so like he just had to go on his own. And, they didn't run any problems or anything, but it's just kind of funny that. Interesting. They were in the main streets of Detroit. It seems like filming uh, like in East St. Louis for uh, Escape from New York kind That's of right. thing. Right, very similar. But they didn't have a snake Pliskin. Nobody messes with Kurt. <laughs> so this is where, like I said, this obviously sets into motion the rest of the movie. So <clears throat> Axel's upset because Inspector Todd's going to put. I can't remember who he said the name was. He's going to put somebody else on the case, but. Axel obviously wants to investigate his friend. And again, Inspector Todd, to his credit, immediately calls it out. He's like, yeah, he is your friend, and he's you know a criminal and right. a hoodlum. That's right. <laughs> and those bear bonds are found in Axel's apartment. Yeah. He's lost. 
Spectre Todd brings up great points. Axel, uh, his checkered password, everybody. Again, I first I love when anybody's able to throw in a good hoodlum line too. Like that's just that's just a great. Uh, <laughs> he does call him a hoodlum. A great description, but um, Axel just says, "Okay, I want to take some vacation." And obviously, Inspector Todd's suspicious, but grants his vacation. And off to Beverly Hills we go. And then we get some uh, Patty LaBelle stirring up. Man. Again, great song. I, I, I jam out to pretty much that's all on, songs at the beginning of this movie so that's far. On my, that's on my work mix. So <laughs> he drives all the way out there in that that car, that too, which, there, I, I mean, I feel like there's no way that car makes it from Detroit to Beverly Hills, but whatever. it's That's fine. Right. Um, and this scene, like him checking into the hotel, like this is exactly why I love these movies. Just <laughs> <laughs> the nerve of some people, you know. Axel Foley. Uh, sorry, sir. We don't have a reservation in that name. Check Rolling Stones. Axel Foley. <laughs> I'm here. I was gonna write an article. Michael Jackson sitting on top of the world for Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, it's just a great scene. Now Michael Jackson could sit on top of the world as long as it's at the Beverly Palm Hotel. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You can have. We have a late minute cancellation. That is fantastic. He. I mean, there's so many more of those instances in the second movie, but like, I don't. I. I go back and forth on this, and we'll again. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But I, when these come up in this movie, they stand out more to me because there's fewer of them of him doing like these over the top yeah. kind of like shenanigan type things. His outbursts. Yeah. yeah, I love them. I love every second of them. So then we get to meet. I think one of my personal favorite characters, of Serge. The, uh, Serge. Dude, he is Serge, great. just like a detergent. <laughs> when we get to the MVP of the film, I'm gonna put a qualifier on it and it's going to be really hard okay there are so many damn good characters i was see and i was i was going to take the high road and i was just going to give you the easy one the soft toss for for what you're looking for so okay would you like an espresso <laughs> it's a little lemon twist you lemon like it twist. i made it myself <laughs> get out of here <laughs> no i cannot because no, I, I, re- <laughs> I sold this the other day i like <laughs> yeah i love his accent it's like just all over the place he's so ridiculous and his <laughs> He's just scruff, you know. The guy walks by. Don't be so stupid. Could you go tell Jenny that Axel, 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 Foley is here? (laughs) (laughs) That's a wasted opportunity. Him not being in the second one, too. Dude, I know. That's like that's. I love the second one, but that is definitely one of the ticks against it. No, like one of the few redeeming qualities the third one has. Dude, it's so great. So, yeah, he gets uh, – anyway, <clears throat> Axel gets to meet uh, Serge, and then and then we meet Jenny, his, his other friend from back in Detroit. Jenny Summers. Lisa Ellabacher, I think is how you pronounce that oh, last name. Her, her real name? That's her, that's her well real name. Well done, sir. That's her IMDb name. Doesn't Jenny Summers just sound like a girl you went to high school with? It does. Like, I definitely didn't, but it just seems like – Jenny Summers, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I went to school with her. Oh, yeah, Jenny, sure. I know Jenny. Yeah, right, Jenny from – yeah. From the block? Jenny from the block, of course. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the rocks that she's got. Um, she's still, she's still. So this, <laughs> and these these scenes too, like Eddie Murphy, like, this because this was after Trading Places anyway, and obviously it, with Saturday Night Live and Trading Places, he's on the way up. But oh yeah, he gets he tells Jenny about um, M- Mikey getting killed or whatever, and she gives him Victor Maitland's information because that's who he's working with, and then Axel goes in and <laughs> I need to deliver these flowers like. Oh, I'll just take him. Like, no, it's my whole life. So he just barges in and starts asking some questions. And anybody with any kind of sense, like when he asks, like, hey, you know, what does Michael Tandino do? And he's like, I'm sorry. You know, and he gets all defensive about it. Yes. But he throws him out of that window, man. Just Dude, 
So yeah, this is I put this is bad form on Victor Maitland's part. Like, gives it away. Why would he immediately be he like? So at first he kind of plays a little coy, right? He's being a jerk about it. He wouldn't have been suspected had he not essentially shut him down and thrown him out of a freaking window. I know. Like, what was that? I. Why would those henchmen throw him out of that window? It's like two questions and he flips out. Yeah. So weird. Immediately give yourself away. Yeah, that's like, okay, well, obviously you're involved. Yeah. Yeah, but like, seriously, why would those guys throw him through the the office or like the gallery or whatever it is that he owns? They have now broken the front window that they, they will have to replace. But they had six reliable witnesses say he broke into the place, started tearing it up, and then jumped out the true. window. <laughs> and you that's believe true. that? That just seems like a lot of like, what a pain in the butt to like have to deal with that. <laughs> His reaction is, hey. Yeah, it's like. Through the window, man. <laughs> You're under arrest for disturbing the peace. <laughs> disturbing the peace. I'm thrown out of a window. I love his reaction. It's so just like, oh my god, like what? These guys threw me through a window. Yeah. It's like so real. Oh yeah, I would be the same way. And he gets he gets arrested immediately after that too. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, like assuming he's not like hurt, that's like how I feel like most people would react. Like yeah. just in like shock and like awe. One hundred percent. That's how I would react. Like me what in the hell? <laughs> So, so yeah, he's going to jail. Yeah, he goes to jail. Um, they take him to the station, and then this is where we get to meet uh, some of our other main players. Fantastic characters. So we have Taggart, by, played by John Ashton. We have Billy Rosewood, played by Judge Reinhold, and then Lieutenant Bogomil. Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. I would not have spelled. I don't know how I would have spelled Bogomil, <clears throat> but yeah, it's spelled funny. That is not how I would have spelled it. I remember looking it up. There's a lot of eyes in it, right? Yeah. There's. It just seems like I don't know. Seems like there's way too many vowels and consonants Bogomil. together. Yeah, yeah, it's, Bogomil. It is weird. So they start questioning him, like you know, right away, like why didn't you identify yourself and all this stuff. But then, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love John Ashton's character in this movie. Like he's a, he 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 does such a good job of like the like stubborn, curmudgeon, like yeah. hesitant guy to to get on board with all this stuff. And <laughs> he's a real stick in the mud. Stands up. We know about sticks in the mud. We I'm do. Re- I'm re- we're, I'm related to one of them. Um. <laughs> Punches him in the stomach too, and <laughs> love the stomach punch. Oh yeah! <laughs> we, hey, come over here. We uh, we kind of glossed over, it, but you—I mean, you mentioned how awesome John Ashton is. Yes, but I also love the judge, mm. Judge Reinhold. Some great film. There's some great '80s movies featuring both of these guys. Yes, more so Judge Reinhold with you know like Gremlins and Fast Times. Well, the, we'll get to those eventually. And stripes. But, and stripes. That's right. But John Ashton plays a father figure in a great 80s film that I'm going to make you watch. That I know you're not going to like, but eventually <laughs> we're going to watch it. And uh, I'm, well, I'm blanking on the title already. It's uh, Eric Stoltz. Uh, oh, Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Stuart Masterson. Wow. I, don't, I can't think of it. But uh, he's, hang on. He's, okay. I'll find it. He's Stoltz's dad. Why can't I think of it? I told you that we're just going to go week by week. Now we're just going to run through people's IMDb page. We so. watched this in high school in interpersonal communications with Mrs. Homer. She was awesome. So I can tell you. Some kind of wonderful. Boom. Oh, okay. It came to me. Sure. So yeah, he's the dad in that movie. And he like just obsessively wants Stoltz to go to college. Freaking, okay. It's so real. He does a great job. Okay. I mean, it's got a 7.0 on IMDb, and IMDb never lies. I'm telling you, you're going to hate it, but it's phenomenal. So I have a hard time because I – we've talked about it before, but I'm a big fan of Little Big League, and he's the pitching coach. He sure is. But the problem I have is every time he talks to Rosewood, Rosewood's first name's Billy, mm, Billy Haywood. Billy. Every time he says Billy, right. I'm always like, what am I watching? 
Maybe the writer of uh, Little Big League did that on purpose. <clears throat> it's true. Hey, um, Ronnie Cox, also awesome. I didn't mean to skip over him. No. He's great, too. He's I, lo- I actually prefer him as this nice yeah, nice guy character. Because, you know, in like RoboCop, he's the bad guy. And yeah. A couple other films, he ends up being the bad guy after this. But I pref- this is my favorite Ronnie Cox portrayal. I agree. I He's not in the second one as much, obviously, um, for plot purposes. But I agree. This I prefer it this way because it's... I watch RoboCop, and it's enjoyable enough, but, yeah, I don't like him being a bad guy. Amen. Um, so, yeah, anyway, they, they end up questioning him. He, he doesn't tell them that why he's in town. He just says he's on vacation, so they let him go after um, Jenny bails him out, and then they go back to the hotel, and Taggart and Billy follow him, and then this is where we get the uh, famous banana in the tailpipe. Banana in the tailpipe. With the young Damon Wayans. This is his uh, first role. This, yeah. This is his first ever on-screen appearance, apparently. He did the same, or I don't know if it was the like first or whatever, but in the second one, it was Chris Rock, wasn't it? That was like a quick yeah. cameo. Or... He works at the Playboy Mansion, I believe. Yeah. So I know Eddie Murphy was like, he he gave opportunities to a yeah, lot of like young, comics. young yeah. comics, too. So that was obviously nice. But... I love Damon Wayans, too. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's so funny that he's so Go young ahead. and skinny. <laughs> Go ahead, take those bananas. Just take those bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's like the funniest line. God. Take those bananas. Take those bananas. So, yeah, he stuffs the bananas in the tailpipe, and then uh, we'll talk about that in a minute too, but I, I do have one comment I have to make about this because it's famous, but there's one thing I noticed this time through that I'm like, okay, this this guy's overplaying his hand, but I'll talk about it in a second. Um, okay, I can't wait. So the car, their car, Taggart and Rosewood's car stalls out, and then uh, Jenny takes Axel to the warehouse, and then – these two guys engaging in a very 1980s conversation about going out to the uh, clubs or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. I thought that guy was going to make a run at me. I thought I was going to bring you over. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. But Axel finds coffee grounds. That's right. And we find out later why that's important, but it's to hide the scent of cocaine. Cocaine. It doesn't give cocaine, you. It doesn't man. give you a hangover. <laughs> um, so then they track them because Axel figures out that something fishy is going on. So they track him to the Barabon warehouse. That's right. And then drops Jenny off, and, <laughs> and then he goes into the office. He goes into the office, and then this is another one of those classic Eddie scenes of just takes we- it over, weaseling his way out of it. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Can you explain to me how an African American man dressed like I am comes in and doesn't get any questions? Oh my gosh! And he, this guy gave me a lighter. This guy gave this me a match. match yeah. Are we sure? Is that your Porsche outside? I love it too. After he gets done yelling at him, that's not my Porsche shirt. Well, then you got nothing to yeah, worry about. You got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Dude, great line. These are my favorite. Like his little outbursts, like that. Like these are my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah. Like I enjoy the movie, obviously very very much but his little like total it's for the most part it's like unnecessary but yeah. like kind of works into the plot and i love every minute of it there's no way those are like lines in the script no so like give kudos to those like random guys who are just like reacting to like oh, funny yeah. stuff eddie murphy's doing and you know they took like hundreds of takes because i'm sure those guys are like just freaking busting up laughing the whole time yeah i i would have i've always you can actually see uh t- uh, Taggart's laughing in the police station at one point. He's, oh, really? He's like pinching his nose like he's mad. <laughs> but if you actually like watch him instead of Eddie, he's you can tell he's laughing. I'm gonna have to do that because I yeah. Dude, it's pretty. It's like the for that early on scene. It's, I always love watching movies like that and see if I can spot if somebody's like cracking up in the background yeah. or something. He's acting like he's mad, but he's 100 <laughs> percent laughing. 
So <clears throat> they come back, or, or Axel gets back, um, hops it. Yeah, because this is where he hops into the car with him and surprises yeah. him. But yeah. yeah, and then they like, you know, they docked us a, a, a couple days pay too. And so they get chewed out by Bogomil. So in between all this, they get chewed out by Bogomil by because how could you let this happen? Whatever. And then they end up going back to the hotel. But my comment was like the two, I guess, rival detectives or whatever, like that one guy comes up, he's like, we got a new anti banana mask for you. And like, so overconfident about like, this was my one comment watching it this time. I was like, why does this guy think this is worth spending money on those glasses? And then being such a dick about it to him. Yeah. He's like, I got you a new state-of-the-art anti-banana theft. <laughs> I feel like this was probably pretty early on in the trope of rival cops. I don't know. I mean, 84. I'm trying to think back to, like, older police films. I don't feel like there were, like, rival cops in 48 hours. I'm trying to remember. I feel like this was... This is... I think this is... Pretty newer. early on in the concept. Because, like, the buddy, the buddy cop movie was, you know, still pretty early. All right. So, I'm glad you said that. That was one of my questions, but you brought it up, so I'm going to ask it now. Let's hear it. Do you consider this a buddy cop movie? 100%. Okay. I want to, Why? Usually it's two guys, but I'm going to make a special exception because there's three. But <laughs> Simple you got, math. You got your... So it's it's not the normal formula. Right. Because you got your like funny cop, got your green kind of naive cop and Judge Reinhold, and then you got your kind of by the book okay. gruff guy and uh, Taggart. But still, it's got the you know got the different you know different views, different ways of life thing that is a good success for buddy cop films. And I don't disagree with you. I consider it a buddy cop movie too, and I have other questions around that. But I was watching it this time. I was like, "Is this a buddy cop movie?" Because the only reason I say that is because like vast majority of the movie, they're tailing him or trying to get him to stop what he's doing. True. And they don't really work together until like the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, they're not like true partners, which I guess if you're going. Yeah. But see, the I feel like 48 Hours actually gets a lot of credit for being the first buddy cop movie. Mm -hmm. And Eddie Murphy's not even a cop in that film. That's true. So it's just kind of like the formula, the buddy cop formula. Yeah. But I don't know. I do consider it. But you're right. Those are good points. I agree. And no, I totally agree because I've like. I think this. I've always lumped this in as like the buddy cop movies, and I think anytime anybody talks about you know classic buddy cop movies, this one's obviously in there. But I was just watching it this time. I was like, they actually aren't really working together all that much. It's mostly them working against Axel. Oh yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so this is where he gets back, hops in the car, and they're like, you know, he docked us a couple days pay, and he's he's trying to mend some fences. You know, he's like, hey, come out to drink with me. And <laughs> hey, thanks for the the. I forgot already. The, oh, the, the, sandwich, the shrimp the salad. Shri yeah. The shrimp salad. Shrimp salad sandwich, yeah. He great. said it as a joke, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's a real conservative place. She'll love it. And, of course, it's a strip club. Oh, um, man. This is – this. I have a question later, but this is a really good scene. Yes. I don't want to spoil my hand. Okay. That's okay. Um, so he's tr trying to explain to him while they're – having drinks or whatever like you know i found coffee grounds and and before he gets a chance to explain it he sees those two guys coming in with right. long coats Phil. so yeah <laughs> hey before we get there real quick okay you right. brought up a drink they're having drinks there's a line in this film where the he uh the, the waitress or someone says something about a club soda mm -hmm. to which eddie murphy says no thanks if i have a club soda i'll puke yep i've used that line in vegas 
my buddy Shane, some other friends were there too, but we were all sitting around. And I swear this like waitress, like just set me up perfectly, because I vividly remember Shane and I had just watched Beverly Hills Cop at my house the night before we flew to Vegas. Okay. So it was very fresh in our minds, like very very fresh in our minds, and we're over at the former Bill's Gambling Hall and Casino or Saloon, whatever it was. Yeah. And we're sitting there like playing roulette at the table, and this waitress comes up. And she's like, drinks, drinks, you know, like beer, you know, like, or cocktail, mm-hmm. club soda. And I just like perked up. <laughs> I was like, no, thanks. If I have a club soda, I'll puke. And like, <laughs> so like me and Shane are the only two like laughing oh, at the table. My... I was like, wow. That is a bummer, man. That lady was put here by an angel. I, Set me up. It would have made it better if she would have picked up on it too. Dude, I, I just, yeah. You, so great. You keep sharing these stories. I gotta, I'm going to have to be around you at Vegas sometime. It seems like a totally different high tower. Vegas is uh one time, one time I made the news in Vegas, <laughs> the local news station. True story. You want to hear that one? Yes, please. You got this me. might be my like most shining. This is like my one shining moment. You got me hooked. Reel me in. So we were all <clears throat> also with Shane. This might have been the same trip because this was like one of our first trips. Anyway, a lot of the other baseball guys, we were out there and uh, we were just walking the strip and there's a TV crew out there, like a local TV station was just like interviewing people on the same side of the strip we were on. So we just keep walking and. They're like, hey, we're doing a special on, uh, I don't know, I, I mean, we must have been around spring break time. They're like, yeah, the numbers for spring break are down. We're doing a story on how spring breakers are starting to come out to Vegas instead of, you know, like the typical Floridas and blah, blah, blah. They're like, can we interview you? And we're like, sure. <laughs> they were, they're like, they didn't really give us anything else. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to ask you some questions or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So they're just like talking to us about Vegas. And then I forgot even how it brought up. But at some point, she like asked me a question about vices or something or whatever, like what we're, you know, what we're doing out here or whatever. And I, and I was like, well, I'm not, I've given up Mountain Dew, but my wife doesn't know. And then I looked at the camera and was like, but what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh man. Like it, Did it, they air it? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I stayed in my room. I was like hooked, glued to the TV for like 30 minutes waiting for that to air. Cause she told me what time. Oh my gosh, that's but like, amazing. She like immediately started laughing. So like I knew I was like, oh, I got a good shot. I got a real good shot of making it. But yeah, my Mountain Dew comment totally made it. I see, and I wouldn't have been able to help myself. Like, how, what are your vices? Like bowling for money. It's my only vice. <laughs> okay, two vices. Kingpin. <laughs> that's still very good. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we need to go to let's plan a Vegas trip. Yes. Let's get on it. Deal. I haven't been in a long time. I've never been. It's not as fun once I started having kids. Yeah. Because then I started feeling bad that like I was not with them. It's just I don't know. It's weird. It's just not as fun. I I mean we used to go like every year. We've talked about going. We were Papa and I were supposed to go out. Um, we were going to go to Tombstone Ooh. for a couple days, and then we were going to go to <laughs> the Grand Canyon and to Vegas. We had we had like a whole week week and a half or something, and then it didn't work out. It's plenty of time. <laughs> On our way to Detroit. <laughs> Seemed extraneous at the time, yeah, um, Mr. Big. Yeah, so we were. I, we left off. Yeah, Phil. Phil. Phil's coming in. <laughs> Phil, oh. man. Hey, Phil. <laughs> Is that you, man? You changed, you man. You changed, Phil. With the guns and everything. Why you got them guns? <laughs> Is that a voice he uses in Coming to America? Like, oh. a, it sounds like it sounds like a voice he's used before. It's like a drunk voice. I don't know, but I. I don't know, but it is so damn funny. I feel like it's one of the barbershop people. Like, I don't know. It anyway. feels so real, though. I can, oh, like, yeah. I can picture, like, all my friends, like, speaking like that. Oh, like, yeah. Like, when they're just... <laughs> hey, Phil, man. Right. 
the rare occurrence when somebody pretends to be drunk and it's not right. obnoxious in a movie. Hey, man, you changed, you man. changed Phil. <laughs> <clears throat> Only to foil the robbery. That's right. Don't be alarmed, folks. Sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> I love the Nasty Girl song playing in the background also. Oh, yeah. Great. great I'm t- the whole soundtrack, man. Like I'm, It's got me. This one's very under underappreciated. Agreed. Though. I totally agree. Because it's like kind of barely in there. You really have to listen for it. But it's awesome. So this is where, too, like, you know, obviously it'll come full circle, too. Just <laughs> They were following me. I went in. I enjoyed these kinds of places. But <laughs> Sergeant Taggart and Rosewood observed the men coming in. I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> is that really what happened? Yeah, then Taggart immediately <laughs> Just immediately up. go. The super cop story was working, guys. <laughs> so apparently, he, uh, I read this one today where. He was either, like, exhausted or really tired or whatever. And, like, this was the time when Eddie didn't do, like, drugs or even, like, I don't think alcohol or, like, caught. He didn't put, like, anything in his body. Yeah. But essentially, he was, like, so, like, exhausted from filming that they gave him, like, coffee. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, like, perked up and, like, cut and, like, did this, like, take totally, like, off the cuff. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. I feel like, especially at this time, if I'm a director and Eddie Murphy's in my movie, I'm like, do what's scripted once and then just like do two or three other takes of whatever yeah. you want because it's probably going to be funnier than what's written. <laughs> 100%. And then this is where they take Taggart or Bogomil takes Taggart and Rosewood off and assigns the other two cops on. And... That's right. <laughs> Look, man, I ain't falling for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> you think we're going to fall for the banana on the tailpipe? Wow, that's really good. Thank you. Thank you. It's my <laughs> impression of an impression of an impression. That was really well done. That guy, he's just yeah, he's he's really got to stick up his butt. Like he does a really good job having that. Uh... He is the like uptight cop for sure. So yeah, um, Axel, you know, like, what are you the B team? We're the A team, you know, whatever. <laughs> like just these guys are. I mean, they fall in line at the end of the movie at was, least. So I was gonna say they play like is Taggart their boss? Like is is uh, is Taggart like kind of like the head, like the lead detective? I feel like he's as just doesn't he call him Sergeant Taggart? Yeah, Sergeant Taggart. So I mean, probably, but I don't know why. I guess they're they were busting Billy's chops whenever yeah. they were talking about. So yeah, probably. Yeah, towards the end there, it makes it seem like Taggart's the one yeah, who's he, calling the shots, like the most senior guy that's the around, right? Because he's just like, hey, go to this, go to this warehouse. They're like, okay, you got it. Yeah. Good, good call. So anyway, yeah, Axel's out in front of Maitland's house, and he's like you know, on a stakeout, even though he doesn't admit that he's on a stakeout. So this, I had a question for you. Cause I, always, like every time I watch this movie, it's okay, guys, we're getting Christian Arroyo just hit a grand slam. Great. <sighs> Braves are now losing 10, seven. Don't worry. They'll get some wins tomorrow. <sighs> they, they play the Cardinals tomorrow. They'll get some W's the Braves, this weekend. Hey, Braves bullpen. Awesome. They're really, really good. Just, just as good. This is going to be a battle of Jeez. two heavyweights with oh, torn boy. rotator cuffs, throwing haymakers this weekend. It's going to be ugly. Pitcher's duel. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So the, uh, the thing I, every time I watch this movie, I always was like, okay, he's deliberately staying at this light to try and lose them when he's tailing Maitland's car. Oh yeah. Is he actually though? Cause the car, I think genuinely had like stalls whenever he's sitting at that stoplight. So I know like his intention is to lose them and the way he laughs tells me it is, but like, I don't know. I was, well, he watch it this time. Yeah. He definitely does it on purpose. He's trying to wait okay. for the red light. He's so. Is the light green the whole time while he's sitting there, or is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Because Maitland's car goes through. Right. Right. And then yeah. So he sits there. So as soon as it turns red, 
And then he sees cars approaching. When they right. get the green, he goes so that other car will yeah get thrown. But I feel off. like he was like, I don't know, maybe he was just acting so they would see it that way. But it genuinely looks like his car actually stops, which is believable. So I was like, wait a minute. I just I went all these years just assuming. Axel's a great actor. You and I know what happens when you assume, though. That's right. So this, again, we go. <laughs> we, he follows him to that whatever that buffet place is. I can't remember the name of it, whatever, but <laughs> you're talking about the, uh, what was that? Like the Harrow center yeah. or something, whatever. It's basically like a country club. Can I help you? Yes. <laughs> I need to talk to Victor Maitland. Yes. <laughs> Tell him, tell him <laughs> Ramon, the gentleman from the club. <laughs> I went to the doctor's office today and I have herpes simplex 10. <laughs> and I think he needs to go get tested before things start falling off the man. <laughs> Just... Perhaps you should tell him. <laughs> I think that would be best. <laughs> That is so great. I, it's, I get, every time with with stuff like this too. Just yeah. But this, like I said, this one I think it's a lot more under the radar of these scenarios that he does. But anyway, so he he's making all this up though on the fly. He has to. It's incredible. Like you can't possibly script some of this stuff. Yeah, he's making all that stuff up. I wonder how many takes they're like actually doing. But this one is freaking hilarious. I mean, again, like you said too, like props to the dude playing the the host, like keeping it straight faced even yeah. even if you've heard it like four or five times like i'd still be dying laughing right, listening right. to this stuff perhaps you should tell him <laughs> so yeah he goes in um and then he and zach get into a little kerfuffle little scuffle i see that picture today of the uh eddie murphy yeah. stand-in who th- like hip tosses zach through that table it is 100% not Eddie Murphy. Like, it, not even close. Like, the picture you sent me, I was looking at this earlier. It looks like Hightower from Police Academy. I thought that. I almost was like, like, just looking at it, not zoomed in, I was like, is that Richard Pryor? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like older Richard Pryor. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Um, I can't see you too well. Is that Bill Shakespeare? <laughs> but yeah, there's when he throws him out of the window, too, like, they don't show him, like, close up. Like, the guy that's got whatever wig on, too, it, like, totally is not Eddie Murphy, too. Um <laughs> That's just so funny. But, yeah, Eddie, uh, or excuse me, Axel, um, corners Maitland and basically is like, I know you had something to do with it and whatever, the tough talk. That's right. Punched his last ticket, amigo. Okay, ooh, uh, Starsky and Hutch? <laughs> That's right. Did you just tough talk a dead body? Great, great callback. Oh, yeah. Thank hey, you. Hey, can we talk about how gross Jonathan Banks is in this scene? Like when oh, he, yeah. When he gets up, he's got that, like, I don't know what it is. It's everything on that table. Like sour cream or something all over his face. It's so gross. It's it's It Ugh. would be smelly. He would smell bad. I don't know why, but that just seems really, that scene bothers me. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. They smell bad. <laughs> Someone needs to get that dude a towel. Yeah. So he gets arrested again. Goes back to the station, you know, like, why are you doing this, basically? So Axel finally... Tells and to Bogomil's credit too, like uh, this. This is a nice move, a nice touch on Bogomil's part too. So he's basically Axel has been nothing but a thorn in these people's side. Right on. Um, and he's like, I'm out here investigating a murder, and I have some suspicions, whatever. And he's like, Forget what you can prove, just tell me what you know. Right. So he's at least willing to listen. He's a great leader. Um, and Taggart and Rosewood, obviously, he started, you know, kind of starting butting up with them after the whole scene. So, anyway, Axel tells him what's going on. Like, there's coffee grounds, and Bogomil understands that the coffee grounds are to mask the scent of the <coughs> c- cocaine. The um, cocaine, man. But they don't fully commit to it. I mean, I understand on his part, too. Like, he can't just go uh, flying off the handle to try and right on. He, catch this he guy. He needs some proof. 
but at least he's like, you know, sends taggers like Taggart start tailing this and like figure out what you can find. So he's at least putting some people on it, which again, in some of these movies, like the, the authority figure just will not listen to them. Right. No matter what. Yeah, I agree. This is a good, this was a good change up. Yeah. I, I appreciated that too. So they still, um, you know, they're going through this whole story and then the, the police chief gets there and <laughs> this guy, he's a real turd. Is this the man who wrecked the buffet at the Heraclo? Keep it down, would you? <laughs> what, can you hear me through the window? Yes. They're all like, yeah, using yes. Just, <laughs> the reaction to it is like total, they've been caught too. Yeah. Like they all sell it so well. Like, yes, they've heard me saying this crap before. <laughs> so great. Is this the man who great impression wreck the buffet um you know what's even better than uh these interactions with the chief of police and and beverly hills cop one the second one the interactions with the chief of police or i don't even know if it's the chief of police he's city some city appointed official but the Excel Foley ones and, and number two are by by far superior. Just think, Johnny Wishbone. Yeah. I come from the Isle of Saint Croix. Lots. And it's Biddle. Biddle. I was going to get there. Lots and Biddle. It's like kibbles and bits, but different. Oh. So great. Johnny Wishbone. Just think, Johnny Wishbone. Um. So, yeah, then Bogomil's like, okay, Rosewood, you got to escort him out. You got to get him out of here. Whatever. He comes back. They they drop the charges. If he comes back, they're going to press him again. So right. Axel conveniently leaves out, though, that he knows there's a new shipment coming in today. Yeah, that's right. That he tells Rosewood about. On his way out of town. It's a good thing he sends Rosewood to do this because if he'd have told Taggart, Taggart wouldn't have been on board Taggart with it. Taggart would not have played ball, I don't think. So thankfully, Billy convinces, or excuse me, Axel convinces Billy to take him over to the to the warehouse to try and get the shipment coming in. I'm pretty sure on their way there, Axel Foley references the name of the film because they're walking like toward in, into the He's, factory, I believe, and he says, "Yeah, but you're a Beverly Hills cop." Oh, I don't. I, ding, ding, ding! Oh, I want, I was like, we, hey, got a, we got a bingo. Good job. Well, we get another appearance of Surge before before we get there. Oh, too. that's right. They go that's to pick right, up Jenny. That's right. You want an espresso an with a lemon twist? With a lemon twist. You, are, said, you want the espresso? Yeah. Do you want a lemon twist? Uh, I don't know if it's not too much trouble. It's no trouble. Don't <laughs> be so stupid. Sarah's just like a detergent. Um, <laughs> so they go and pick up Jenny because Victor paid Jenny a visit. That's right. Comes to intimidate her with Zach. Well, again, though, like... He played himself. They have nothing on him right now, technically, other than some suspicious behavior, and Axel's witnessed a few things. Terrible bad guy. He, Yeah, he just, like, yeah. goes from zero to 100. Mm. It's kind of like, <laughs> I could go to your mama's house and start a small fire. He kind of went from <laughs> zero to 100 there. He kind of leaves you no place else to go. Like, Oh, man. He's got to throttle down a little bit. No, no joke. So, he, anyway, yeah, Maitland threatens her. And not necessarily threatens her, but, like, totally. Oh, it's... It's implied. And I got to say, too, like, Jenny does an okay job, but she's clearly suspicious, too. Like, the whole room oh, yeah. knows there's something going on and won't talk about she's it. She's freaked out for good for good reason. So, yeah, they go and get Jenny, and then her and Axel go into the warehouse, and Billy stays back and watch, and they find out that, yes, in fact, he is smuggling cocaine. The, uh, you know how they do in all movies? You know they do like taste the it. yeah the to- the taste test the finger the yeah. coke finger taste mm-hmm. test. I've never had cocaine, but I feel like uh, when you do that, you get a finger of cocaine. You put it on your tongue. Yep. Isn't that just like directly going to like your 
you know, into your system. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, you got to feel that a little bit, right? Giving you a little bit of perspective from the inside track. Okay. That is not how it is done. Oh, okay. just at all. How <laughs> they, they like know it's cocaine? You mean they never do. They never take yeah, they it never simple and it. put it on their finger. That's yeah, one hundred percent for the movies. I was gonna say that would make sense because like, wouldn't he get like an immediate like rush of like yeah cocaine? It's, it's in this? going into your even if yeah. it's like a trace amount. Like that's gonna yeah. mess you up. I'm gonna say he's he's like high for the rest of the film now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so we don't know the rest of the movie is a hallucination. He died right. in the warehouse. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Total plot twist that oh, nobody man. saw coming. That's going to be Beverly Hills Cop 4. <laughs> and the second one, I don't know. It's just another it's hallucination. Another, yeah, right. He's yeah, still he, in a fever dream. He's still... For the third one, he's in a coma. He's ble- <laughs> he's bleeding out in the warehouse, <laughs> actually, the whole time. Oh, that's um, great. But then, yeah, some of his uh, Maitland's crew shows up. and. Have you noticed the amount of body punches that are thrown in this film? Yeah, man. It's just all stomach punches. So Taggart gives him a yep. stomach punch. Uh, is it Maitland or Zach gives him a couple? Zach. Zach gives him a couple. He gives him, Zach gives him yeah. two stomach punches yep. and then smack, like, does like a weak smack and, and, a, smack, and slaps and him in the head. And Zach punches, uh, Mickey in the stomach in the earlier, stomach. Yeah, yeah, before he shoots him. That's right, Mikey. And then... Mickey, Mikey, yeah. And then the, the second guy who is bragging about, mm-hmm. uh, knocking out Axel, he, he gives him a couple stomach punches. These are the worst bad guys. That's how Houdini died, you know. <laughs> Those are da- that's dangerous, sir. <laughs> you punched a man in the stomach without any proper warning. <laughs> oh yeah, I did not notice that. This is kind of like, what was that? What was the movie we were talking about with all the hand stuff, all the hand punishment? Oh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it was There's subtext. So many freaking stomach body blows. I had no. I did not pick up on that. It's so bizarre. Good for you. That's how they get. That's how they do subtle disputes in Beverly Hills. A lot of stomach punches. Yeah, stomach punches. They don't. I mean. Yeah, because when Axel breaks free, he's like punch him in the face. That's right. The he's way, smart. That's how they do that's, things in Detroit. That's right. That's how you. That's how you do it in Illinois as well. Don't they reference something in Cleveland too? Like at some point, I oh, don't know gosh. why, but if, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. They remember. were talking about something with Cleveland. I was like, what? Cleveland, get it together, man. Cleveland's dead. <laughs> I don't like the way they're doing their business there. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> Where did I leave off here? Oh yeah, so they um, they get cornered by by Victor's people. Um, he takes Jenny away, Jenny, and does the typical bad guy thing and leaves your main adversary right. to be killed by your henchmen, mm-hmm. which of course doesn't work out. Big mistake. Thank goodness Billy's there. Comes in, saves the day. I don't know what Axel would have done otherwise. This also, if you really think about this, Billy shoots one of those dudes. He's a pretty green cop. He clearly has had like no action. He's a Beverly Hills police officer. And was specifically told not to do this. He is now uh, involved in a police-involved shooting. <laughs> that guy is most likely dead. Billy, I meant to talk to you about that. You may want to lay low for a while because <laughs> you might be wanted for murder. Because <laughs> later on in the film, he also murders other people. He does. He's had quite the day. Yes, this is a big body count for he Billy. He's had Day. quite the day. It's, it clearly changes him in the second movie. So oh, yeah. I love him in the second movie, too. He's one of the few characters that legitimately changes from the first to the second. Yes, so true. So, yeah, after uh, Billy comes in, saves Axel, he calls it in to Taggart. Well, not, he wouldn't one calling Taggart, but Taggart happened to be there and listening. He's like, you know, get down to the warehouse, check it out. And then basically is like, 
I'm, you know, I'm done, whatever. So they put a tracer on his radio, figure out that he's out in front of Maitland's house. So Taggart goes there, and then this is what you were talking about earlier, where Taggart sends the other two um, to the warehouse to go check out what's going on there. In the meantime, too, Bogomil's kind of piecing something together, like something's wrong, people aren't around, and then basically he fi- he figures out eventually that where they are, and then, then they call him the shots fired, so... It bounces back and forth a little bit whenever they're breaking in, so I'll just go through his part anyway. But then, yeah, once they get um, Axel and Billy get there, he's, Axel's trying to break in, and Billy's explaining to him, like, he's got a hostage or whatever, and Taggart's like, no, you're just going to sit in the car, which, I don't know. I mean, you've come this far. Like, you guys, a police officer, like, That's right. maybe you could use an extra hand, Taggart. Like, don't be such a salty. You had all these flavors to choose from, and you chose salty. I Stick mean, in the mud. But he comes around. He does. Gets the shotgun. I do have to say, one of the things that... It's unnecessary, but I'm glad that they do it. Like, when they do the whole break-in thing, and Axel goes his way and, like, works his way up the steps, and then, like, Billy and Taggart trying to climb up. Yeah, that, trying to climb that wall. Like, totally unnecessary. Um, they Because, like, after they go through this whole thing, like, three shots of Taggart trying to get up over the wall, then the shots start. <laughs> Billy just runs around where Axel went up. I'm like... Okay, guys, like, Axel was up there, nothing happened, like, just go around and use the steps. Fantastic. <laughs> and then, like, and then Taggart's just, like, out of out of breath oh, the yeah. rest of the time. Love it. I'm glad Taggart brings a shotgun, though. I mean. Dude, one t- of my tactical. favorite 80s movies, uh, Weapons, the Uzi. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's an Uzi guy. Always, always a classic choice. And Rosewood takes him out. That's right. Not to be confused with Rosemont, <laughs> which was an actual slip-up by that chief police. The actor accidentally called him Rosemont. Oh, is that? Oh, I did not know that. And then Judge had the like sense to correct him. Good call, keeping that in the movie too. It makes yeah, it seem, that's awesome. it, like totally everybody right. played it. Seems it. like yeah, derogatory. Yeah, know? yeah. Because then that's Rosewood, sir. They keep it up in the second one. Yeah, too. they do that in the second one too. That's good. Wow, I did not know that. Yep. You're so. sprinkling stuff all over this tonight that I did not. Total know. Total accident. Um. Yeah. So they have the big final, I guess, gunfight too. Um, hey, how do you miss? Someone with a shotgun that freaking close. You don't. Jonathan Banks when he has got like Eddie just dead to rights. Yeah. With a shotgun. Yep. Like he may not kill him, but I mean, how you not at least hitting him? You you don't. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Having weird, u- having weird used choice of, <laughs> weird choice of weapon also. Having having used shotguns a good chunk of my life, you d- you don't. Yeah, um, that's so bizarre. Unless for some reason he's got a slug in, which the spray on the wall does not right. indicate a slug. Yeah, nope. Yeah, he's definitely using a shotgun. He's like got, a, he's got buckshot yep, in there. Exactly. Um, which is a weird weapon of choice. <laughs> All I can keep thinking about is and the Butch and Sundance's. <laughs> they got they're surrounded. I'm gonna kill you for this, Billy. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, Billy. <laughs> Police, you're under arrest. You he's, do that again, I'll shoot you myself. <laughs> he's so proud of himself. Oh, he is, man. Absolutely. So yeah, they go through the whole uh, gunfight too, which I don't know. For the most part, the movies relatively tame when it's in terms of like blood and stuff like that but once uh once he kills zach you know he shoots zach and that's kind of i guess bloody but then like at the end whenever they shoot they shoot maitland maitland up man oh. they just it's like it kind of reminded me of how yeah bogomil gets shot up in Ro- robocop or how yeah, it is it's, it's just lots of blood blood everywhere it's pretty great yeah one thing that like is just funny to me so maitland at this point I don't know that. He, so he's not even being investigated by like the actual no. Beverly Hills police. 
So he is basically in like no danger. There's no like actual threat to him except for Axel Foley. True. So you feel like you'd probably want to keep that on the wraps. But then they have the like most insane firefight outside that can be heard. Mm-hmm. They're just dude. Zach is just blowing holes in Maitland's house yeah. everywhere, left and right. Yeah, so much drywall shoot, repair. Yeah, and, right. And studs and everything. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So what if they like, let's say they get rid of Foley. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of cleanup. That's a lot of that's a lot of questions. Yep. Being asked. You gotta, and you, you and they have Jenny disturbance. there. They, that's right. They kidnap Jenny. Mm-hmm. Then when the police show up, they're shooting at the police like immediately. Like yeah. they fired the first shots. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, Maitland's thugs are terrible, and Maitland's a terrible bad guy. If they could have avoided all of the gunfight and all he had was Jenny, like he could have very easily like threatened her and been like, That's "Look, right. just say, but, yeah, it was a business thing." Exactly. Like he could have got away with it, but yeah, he. Um, it's the eighties. You gotta go. It's it's success. It's it's what you gotta go for. It's terrible. It's not a smart bad guy. No. Those two guys watching the monitors, too, are quick to bail on him, too. So not a lot of loyalty, either. I love those two guys, actually. You going to stick around for this? Fol- <laughs> no. Foley's on the property. Call call Maitland. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole the whole gunfight goes down. Obviously, Axel, although he does get shot, it's That's the right. 80s. So, you know. I love it. He's good. It's just it's just a flesh wound. I want to, like, tour that. I want to tour Maitland's, like, mansion, too, because, like, it, when he gets shot, it looks like he's in a bathroom, but then mm-hmm. also right behind him is the kitchen. So yeah. it's like, damn, that bathroom is like essentially part of that kitchen. That's weird. Yeah, don't That's get weird. any spicy food. Otherwise, it's going to be yeah. unpleasant be, for hey, your guests. If you're pooping, go down the hall. Yeah. This is not a poop bathroom. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If That's it's right. brown, flush it down. That's right. <laughs> just just go down the hall. That's right. Number one or number two? <laughs> I, know I just want to know how much time, time I have. have. <laughs> Bingo, mango. <laughs> So this, yeah, they, it comes full circle too. Uh, the police chief shows up and he's all kinds of pissed off. And Bogomil gives the super cop story of basically lying to him. And Taggart actually backs him up this time. So Taggart and Bogomil complete their circle, or of, or I guess arc. I want to say circle because then they'd be right Sorry. back to where they were. That's stupid. Um, A they complete three sixty. Oh, you want all three sixty on me? <laughs> it's one eighty, you idiot. Um. So yeah, he goes goes forth uh, goes forward with that story. Um, That's the report I'm filing. I guess congratulations, Arnold. Older. Yeah, oh, that guy's such a smarmy turd. Um, <laughs> Axel, yeah, I mean he, Axel to his credit does it the right way too. He's like, hey, can you smooth things over with my inspector? He's like, right. haven't you worn out your work? He's like, that's okay, I'll stay here, open my own private <laughs> detective. Which I feel like that would have been a fantastic. That should have been. You're you're jumping into my question, but since you okay. brought it up. That should have been the third movie. Yes. I mean, it's cool that he stuck around for number two. Number two is also awesome. Yep. But he sh- they should have st- they should have gone back to that in the third movie instead of the freaking fake Disney World. He could have done this too. Like I know that like TV show or whatever has been rumored for forever or, or doing they, like a fourth one. Like I think, I think they, you could have easily done it and then. I think they filmed it. Oh, did they? They filmed like a pilot. I thought of like his son. Okay, I did not know that. I'm not sure it ever aired, but I know I think one was filmed. And so that's what I'm like. You could easily bring in new characters, so then like he's hiring people on, and then I guarantee Judge Reinhold would do it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Is John Ashton alive? Oh, God, I hope so. I hang on. I I love feel like yes. John Ashton. Yes, he does so not much. have. He has a born and not a died date. So thank God he's got to be a super old though. He could be the new uh, 
Oh, he's probably too old to be the captain. Born in 48. He'd be like the new chief of police. Yeah. Who still like kind of like feeds Eddie some crumbs. He well, Eddie's be, old too, so. He could be the retired like guy that's got his ear to the ground sort of thing, knows the connections. Yeah, yeah I agree. That should have been that should have been the sequel. The third sequel. I agree. But uh yeah, that's pretty much it. So <laughs> the other question I had too was uh at the end he's checking out of the hotel. Um Taggart and Rosewood come in, they're like, you know, no, the Beverly Hills Police Department's gonna pay for this. Like, did Axel <laughs> know they were gonna pay for that? Um, good question. I think he was gonna like weasel his way out yeah. of it somehow. Either the Beverly Hills Police or Detroit. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody else's somebody foot in the bill. Other than him. I looked that up. Uh, $230 in 1984 would have roughly been like $630 that does in not today's surprise. world. Yeah, that's that would have been brutal. It was actually IMDb trivia. I didn't really look it up. I read it. That's what I meant to say. In a book. I read it in a book. <laughs> you caught me. I like to break a mental sweat, too. Um, Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> um, Don't slack, Trevor. I'm watching. Cellulite Seminar at 0800. Shout out to Trevor, Trevor Scott. Also, um, since you're talking about that real quick, I'm just going to throw out a quick uh, fan theory of mine. Mm-hmm. White Goodman from Heavyweights. W-H-I-T. W-E. <laughs> he is just Tony Perkins um, grown up, and he got he came into the fitness center because like, it's the exact same it character. Is the same, it is 100% the same character. The exact same character. He just had a name change to avoid right. the legal troubles. Tony Perkins. Anyway, going you're back. All, to- you're all a bunch of skinny winners. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the chi. Repulse the monkey. My fitness consigliere, Michelle. <laughs> He even talks about having his like oh, yeah, uncle or whatever has like a anyway. Sorry, it's the same guy. Sorry, I've, I've, I've taken guy. I've taken us way off topic here. You're right, we're, same we're, guy. we're this close to the end of Beverly Hills Cop. Um, that's basically it. He, he takes some robes, um, ski daddles, and we we ride it out into the sunset, or I guess the sun. Or, no, it's not sunset this time. The moonlight because it's evening time. That's right. Ball game. Beverly Hills Cop. What a perfect covered. film. What a perfect film. All right, I got a question for you. I've got a few for you this time, too. Why don't you go first? I, I mean, how many do you have? I just have a couple. Take it away. That's All right. okay. All right, so normally we name an MVP. Correct. But I think it's safe to say, obviously, the MVP is Eddie Murphy. Right. Okay, so who is the MVP not counting Eddie Murphy? This was really hard for me. Yeah. I thought about this for conservatively three hours. I would give it to- <laughs> I would give it to Serge, but he's not in it enough. I wish he was in it more. I'd, I'd give it to him. I don't know. I think his performance was definitely good it, it enough is. to be in the argument. I, I agree. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Judge Judge Reinhold. Billy uh, Billy does a good job. He's fun. He's naive. Good performance. Um, I could honestly, I could go with the ones that are bouncing around. Serge, mm-hmm. Taggart, Rosewood, mm-hmm. Bogomil, and Inspector Todd. Inspector Todd, I. Those guys are all in play for me as well. I'd even consider Damon Wayans for his one line. That's true. <laughs> you take them bananas. I'm not going to fall for no bananas. All right, so you went judge. You went with the judge. I'm going to go judge. <sighs> He's not in the movie very much. But I'm going to go ahead and award it to him anyway. Inspector Todd. Okay, that's fair. This is more of probably a, a Lifetime Achievement Award mm-hmm. for all three films. Yeah. Because he's in all three of them, and he's freaking amazing yeah. in all three. Totally agree. And nothing to take away from from Ashton and 
the judge and Ronnie Cox and, mm-hmm. and Serge. But man, I love he he brings like a realness to this film. He's just yelling it, Axel, and I yeah. freaking love it. It's from the heart. Love it. I mean, obviously Eddie's the true MVP, but right. Scotty Pippen is Inspector Todd. To obviously, me. yeah. I was I was gonna pick one of those other guys so you could get it on record of saying that your MVP was Eddie. Yeah, I mean Eddie's clearly the best part of this film. It's true for sure. Uh, okay, this is also a tough question. Mm-hmm. This film has several great scenes, and uh, what's your what's your favorite? I won't even say most memorable, but what's your favorite scene in Beverly Hills Cop? Favorite scene? I can like I can run through some options for you if you'd like. I think because there's so yeah. Many. I'm gonna go. I'm going back and forth between when he's checking into the hotel or the warehouse scene. When he's yelling at the guys in the yeah. back. Yeah. Those are both those are both options on my list. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the warehouse scene. Great pick. Yeah. Just because he yells at that one guy and he's right. like, I don't even drive that sir. That's not my poor well, Then shirt. you got nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the strip club scene. Okay. And I think we pretty much covered it earlier, but just his interaction with that guy, like playing drunk. <laughs> And then the, like the the club soda comment, which I stole in Vegas, and oh god, just so great, just so great. You changed, man, Phil. What are you doing with all them guns, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay, all right. Um, I have a couple more comments I'd like to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good buddy Noah mm-hmm. named his son Axel. Oh, nice. I did not know that. I know. Freaking awesome. Like, what is... Uh, what, destined for greatness. Have you ever asked Big J what he thinks about this? Did you ever talk about movies with, with Big J or... Uh, not really. I don't... Not really. Okay. I, I didn't know. I We never did talk about it either. I know, but it's a great name. I It was uh, Muttley's name, my cat Muttley. Yeah. It was almost Axel. So we all put like a, a name in the hat, mm-hmm. like every, each family, per, family member. Mine was Axel, but hey. That's okay. I'm totally cool with Muttley. Yeah. But yeah, fun fact for you. My other fun fact, uh, for Halloween at work, mm-hmm. I would dress up like Axel Foley, like his exact outfit. I had I bought like the Mumford Fizz Ed shirt. Yeah. And I had this blue like pullover thing with like the sleeves up, you know, like the light, nice. light colored jeans and like white tennies. And I would do this and I wouldn't tell anyone what I was doing on Halloween until one year. It's just, this is the second year I did it. I didn't, no one caught it the first year. The second year... This guy named Elgin. You know Elgin. We play basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember Elgin. So he's from, like, he's from Michigan. He's kind of like, I don't think it's, he's from Detroit, but he's from, like, the area. I forgot okay. where he's actually from. But anyway, I remember, at, like, it might have been a food day or something. Anyway, I was, like, close to his desk. And he looked at me, and he was, like, like something just clicked in his head. And he's, like, are you wearing the Eddie Murphy Axel Foley <laughs> outfit? And I was, like, dude, you're the first person that's noticed it. I wear this, like, well, you know, two years now. But still, he's, like, dude. That that's so funny. Like you know, like I think he like had the shirt or something. Is like yeah. when he was younger or whatever. But but I was like, man, I'm glad, so glad at least one person like knew what I was doing. Like no one else. Got, and then some people were like, oh yeah, yeah, it's totally. I was like, whatever. You don't. You yeah, didn't get you it. didn't. You, you didn't, didn't get pick it. up on it. But yeah, Elgin totally nailed it, man. It was great. It's funny you mention that because like when I think Axel Foley, my mind immediately goes to the Detroit the Lions, Lions jacket. Yeah. And he doesn't wear it in the first that's right. one. That's a uh, number two. Yeah. Actually, for so. A few years later, I bought like a cheap Letterman jacket on like mm-hmm. off of like eBay or you know Etsy or whatever, and then I like had 
Mrs. Hightower sew on the like lion's patch. So I essentially created my own Axel Foley Good jacket yeah, and wore it to work one day. Little was, ingenuity. For Halloween, it was awesome. That one was much more recognized. Yeah. Any, yeah. More, any more comments? Nope. That was my, that's right. just my fun little story about Halloween. All right. So I have a couple of questions for you. Actually, I have three. Ooh. All right. So the first one, I'm going to give a little backstory, and I'm sure you're aware of this. Okay. So friend of the show, Sylvester Stallone. Right. Originally was pitched this movie. That's right. He was. And he turned it down because he wanted to make it more serious, which turned out to, or turned into Cobra. Right. Which we both are fans of, obviously. Of course. What does this movie look like if Sylvester Stallone's attached to it? Like, obviously, it's not as funny. It's not a comedy. No. Like, I think there's comedic pieces still. Like, I just, I tried it. When I watched it this week, I'm like, how does this work? Because some of the jokes even that go into it, like Eddie obviously is, you know, the, you know, is this the the black thing too? Like with checking into the hotel, which is hysterical. Right. So obviously that doesn't work. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to picture what this movie looks like if Stallone is involved in it. Yeah. Like the fish out of water story doesn't work as well with Stallone. Like, yeah, it's just totally different movie. Obviously not as funny. He can't riff like Eddie can. No. And like I read somewhere where Jenny Summers was supposed to be his love interest, and Michael Tandino was that character was going to be his brother, yeah, and like something else. But I just, I mean, Cobra's cool, yeah, because it's a different storyline, yeah. I just can't imagine like this, like him going after like a belt or German bear bonds and the coat. I just like I can't. His interactions with Victor Maitland just would have been totally different. I know. And just I don't know. I'm just. Wouldn't have worked. I'm glad that I'm glad he ended up making Cobra, which was a more like serious role. And yeah, it worked like, out for everybody. Yeah, with involved, like the obviously. cult, the cult works better with a Stallone versus an Eddie. I just I'm I'm trying to like I said I was thinking to myself like okay he was pitched this I think he made the right decision like I don't think this would have been for him obviously right and then I'm trying to think to myself which you could do it would be tough to do like okay is there anybody else that could have played Axel which that wasn't even one of my questions but. I was thinking about that too, actually, at the time. Like, I don't who, think there was. Like, I think Eddie was on fire, man. This was like pinnacle Eddie. Yeah. This was like, you know, post SNL. He's basically the funniest. He's like the new Richard Pryor. He's yeah. like the new funniest man in the world. Like, he's made a few movies. Got a few movies under his belt. He's got the Eddie Murphy productions going. Yeah, you know, it's like this is like he's the funniest dude in the world right now. So like, I just this. I don't think there's anybody else that could have done it. Even if you like talk about like hypotheticals and like the movie just would be different and it wouldn't be Yeah. There's not a chance it's as impactful as it was. Yeah, especially in 1984. Like 1984, like who's funnier than Eddie Murphy at that time? I the like the, the only, only people guys prior Richard like Pryor, Bill Murray is is in old. the category. I know Dan Aykroyd's up, but those are those they still yeah. couldn't do it like he could. Yeah, Bill Murray couldn't have pulled it off. His would have been a lot drier and like more deliberate, but it it yeah. wouldn't have worked. It would I don't have been. I feel like it would have been like more of a satirical, yeah, police comedy right. or something. Yeah, no, no way. Dan Murray or Dan Murray, Dan Dan, Murray. Bill Murray, not Dan Aykroyd, and the com- combination of the two. But That's yeah, no way. Bill Murray pulls it off. All right, perfect so, casting. So, and then we talked about this a little bit ago with the whole buddy cop thing. So, is this the best buddy cop movie of the eighties? Yeah, buddy. And is it the best buddy cop movie of all time? Yes and yes. Okay. It's way better than Lethal Weapon, I'll tell you that Yes, right now. I agree. I feel like Lethal Weapon is pretty much the essential buddy cop. 
even though some people say 42 or 48 hours was the first one. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I've heard that. I think, yeah, because it came before this. So, right. I, I mean, it's. But, I mean, you could argue like Nighthawks. That's a buddy cop film with yeah. Stallone and Billy D. But, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I prefer Beverly Hills Cop. So, I'm going to go with yes, it's the best of the 80s. And yes, it's the best of all okay. time. I except for a cop out with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's the standard by which all other movies are held. That's um, the best one. So yeah, and then this last question I have for you, and I I mean I agree with you. I I, I have some other ones that I very much enjoy. We talked about Running Scared as one of my personal Billy favorites. Crystal. But I don't think it, that doesn't beat Beverly Hills Cop for me. Um, no one knows that yet though, because I haven't released the bonus episode. I know. I just. I'm saving it. I'm saving it for a rainy day. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. So, and then the other question I have for you is, do you prefer one or two? Definitely number one. Okay. Number one's an A plus for me. Okay. Number two is an A. Okay. Still fantastic. I love it. I actually think I saw number two first. Like when I was younger, I remember coming downstairs, my dad, when he would like rent like rated R movies, he couldn't like watch them upstairs because I'd you know, yeah. be around and hear the bad language or whatever. But I remember like, sneaking downstairs like at several points in the movie because i had a basketball hoop down in the basement so i'm like you know, like oh, i'm just gonna shoot some baskets like <laughs> i'd totally be like watching i remember him like pausing movies at, you know time being like hey can't watch this yeah what i think he just kind of let me because you know it was it's was pretty fairly clean you know there's just some bad words whatever yeah. but i remember coming down like towards the end and i got like the total probably last 30 45 minutes of, of number two in <laughs> and i was like this movie's awesome so i saw like the final shootout so then like a few years later i think i just i think i saw the first one on tv probably yeah so it's probably edited anyway but yeah, i just I instantly fell in love with the series at that time i have a hard time with this sometimes because if i'm in the mood for more of like a haha i'll throw the second one in the second one is arguably funnier i think it's funnier yeah but i it's not as good of a movie because it's essentially it's the same movie, but with more like Eddie hijink yeah. situations that he could throw in. Um, I agree. So it depends. Like I still, I agree with you. I think the first one's the better of the two. Um, but I has, sometimes it depends. Like if I'm in the mood for like, okay, I want to watch Beverly Hills cop, but I'm more of like a ha ha situation. I'll throw the second one in over the first one. There are there definitely has. So there's a lot of pros and cons. Like when you put the two films against each other, the first one feels just like more like raw, like more real, yep. kind of, and it's like the initial fish out of water, and just like I don't know, it's the first one. It was just you know great characters, yeah. But then the second one, like you said, is is a little bit funnier. It's like Eddie's kind of he's got even more wiggle room. But then there's also like you know Brigitte Nielsen's in it, like that is Gilbert story. Godfrey's in it. That's like, true. At least Gilbert Godfrey's part is dude at hilarious, least humorous. It's hilarious. I love that scene with yeah. the. He's got the parking tickets. Oh, and he's like buying them off. Fun. That movie is great. Fun little piece of trivia here. So the second movie, the main bad guy, the Jurgen. Yeah, Jurgen Prochnow. However you say his name. Love that guy. So he and I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, uh, Fielding. Russell Fielding. He's the guy with the mustache that they pin the. Uh, oh, the guy from Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the guy they they pin the uh, Dean Stockwell or something like that. The robberies on him, like after they kill him at the horse track or whatever. Uh huh. They were also in Dune together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which is another favorite of Papa Cash. 
Papa Cash is a Dune guy? Oh, yeah. I never would have guessed that. 1984. Same same I years. Never would have guessed Coming that. Coming full circle here. That's crazy. I read the book. I actually, I'm, so I'm going to level with you. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's something about that movie. I enjoy watching it. It's weird. It's a friggin' mess. It's very weird. Difficult to follow. Um, crazy cast. But I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm here for it for so the most he, part. Is he pretty jacked up about the new Dune movie coming out? I don't think so because okay. he's kind of like me. Like, I don't know. When they start remaking stuff, I'm always hesitant no matter what. Um, I don't know why. I'm the same way, but I'm kind of excited for this. I don't know why. It sounds like they're doing it, I think, a smarter way because they tried – from what I've done because I've, I've watched a lot of videos and done a lot of research on that first one. They tried to fit like a bunch of the books into oh, one movie. Yeah, it was, it was, it's, yeah, it's kind of messy. And the director was like pissed because he's like, this should not be, he's like, if you're going to do this, then this movie needs to be like three and a half hours or four hours long. The director's David Lynch, correct? Yeah. The Twin Peaks guy. And he basically was like, washed his hands up. He's like, no, I'm out. I'm, because yeah, once they it. refused it. So anyway, I think they're doing that with the new version of it. And I'm pretty sure Batista's in the new version. So there's Deacon that. Batista. There's that. <laughs> Batista. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was it for my questions, man. That was, um, Those are good ones. Great, great Coming film. Coming with it. Coming with it. Glad, glad we got to talk about this. Uh, we haven't done our rankings. Don't you forget? I haven't forgotten. I promise. Okay. Should we do it now? We can do it now. We can do it now. I'm, I'm okay right. with that. I've already entered mine pre-show. You were here. <laughs> I have not told you what it was. You have not. I got it in the books. All right. So I'm gonna let you go first. For me. Beverly Hills Cop is going to be ranked number four <laughs> at a 6.0. Wow, that's a very strong rating. I was kind of worried you – not worried, but I just thought you might not like it as much. I So it is not – it's not one that I watched as much. I'm like you. I watched the second one more as a, I would say as a kid when I was younger. And so the first one, I was always like, oh, I, I never really watched the first one. And then I just, it's such a well-done movie. Um, Eddie, it's obviously. Tight. It's a tight film. Yeah. It's just, I don't it. I picked up on it more later on down the line and I'm love every bit of it. So it is. Did you say 6.0? 6.0 on the Richter scale. Awesome. Okay. Very good. Very good rating. Number four. Top five are you right now? Top five. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not upset at that at all. <laughs> I love it. It's great. All right, I know, I know you've stated on you've stated on record that there's probably only going to be one perfect film for you. Correct. But I think I said I have probably five to ten mm-hmm. that I would award the six point nine on the Richter scale. Sure. Beverly Hills Cop being one of them. Wah, wah, wah. Six point nine on the Richter scale. I had a feeling you might. What is that thing? Or what is that? It's a six point nine on the Richter scale. <laughs> I should play that. I should play that clip while we do this. We can do that. Let's see fine. if I can sneak it in. I bet you can. Yeah, man. I just love, love, love this movie so much. And you know the good thing about HBO? I feel like this movie has been on HBO for conservatively 20 years. Like, yeah. it's just always on, which is awesome. As it should be. Like, yes, give them credit. It's such a great movie. I actually, I was telling you beforehand, like, my wife had never seen this one all the way through. She'd seen the second one in bits and pieces. And we got done. I was like, all right, well, you know, what did you think? Because she likes to watch these movies with me for the most part. She checked out on Mortal Kombat. Um, you need to make her watch it. Lame. I tried to. <laughs> she she didn't. She, you she kept homework. coming up with excuses. <laughs> you got homework, Mrs. Cash. I had to wash my hair. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, she's big. She's like, oh, this is that's really good. Like, I don't know. She's like, I didn't know what to expect, but it wasn't that. And it was really good. And I was like, I've been trying to tell you. That's awesome. Classic movie. 
Mrs. Hightower was asking the other night <clears throat> what movie we were doing. And I was like, Beverly Hills Cop. And she's like, oh. <laughs> like, she, she like knew. She's like, oh, that's, you won't have trouble with that one. Have you ever heard anybody say anything disparaging about Beverly Hills Cop? Actually, there was one person, and I murdered them. So Oh, good. good. So and we, their, name, yeah. their name was Hightower? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of like someone who's died, not recently, but I don't want to also offend anyone. I understand. Their name was Jeffrey Dahmer, and I murdered them in a prison. <laughs> Took care of it in a prison. Cell. I got my guy on the inside. I've, did, I've never. I got to thinking about it just now. I was like, I've never heard anybody. The first two, like even the second one, I've never heard anybody be like, "That movie sucks. I can't watch it, or it's not funny, or I don't enjoy it, or whatever." Like these yeah, first two. It's a great point. Just tip of the tip of the iceberg. Then they had to make the third one. It's a great point. I've never heard. Yeah, you're right. I've never heard anyone say anything negative about the first. There's nothing negative to say, especially if you're from Michigan. I have a lot of friends from Michigan. Yeah, and they are just like this is like the national anthem of <laughs> of like movies to Michigan. In about 20 minutes of it. Takes yeah, it's not. Detroit, yeah. it's, not, it's much. not very much actual Michigan, and it is not flattering. But of... <laughs> just the fact that he's from Detroit That's and fair. Michigan, it's like you know what? He's one of our guys, man. Hey. And like Inspector Todd. He's he's de- he's Detroit. He's Michigan all the way. So. Yeah, I mean clearly the Detroit tactics work because Axel right. figures everything out. That's right. He's a, they have great police. He's Paul Reiser. Great, yeah, great. Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see more of him in number two. We would, yes. All right, man. I think that's uh, that's all she wrote. Twenty talk, films. You want to talk about next week? Twenty one. Twenty episodes. You want to pick twenty one from the Holy Handbook? We got a really good movie coming up for 22, right? We're oh, doing yeah. That for 22? Okay, oh, yeah. That for 22? Oh, I, 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 yeah. Don't you worry. We got a great film coming up for 22, so it's, this is going to be actually really hard, like, picking a 21st. The prequel to 22. I'm already looking ahead. I'm so excited. I, I am, too. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep calm. And All right. How do you want to do it? Do you want to just pick a classic? Do you want to go to the, the book? What do you want to do? We can go to the book. What? Um, you, this is your choice, so... We were looking '90s early. You want to stay in the '90s? You want to? This is your choice. Whatever you want. What do you got? What do you got something. for me for 1992? In the year 2000, <laughs> 1992. Let's see. Nate Terminator Two. I'm guessing would be number one. Oh, that's 91. Here we go. 92. Wayne's World. Oh. Under Siege. Oh, that might be a fun one to talk about. Casey Ryback. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. A few good men. Mm-hmm. Three Ninjas. It's funny we were talking Ooh. about that earlier. And Patriot Games. There's also some other options over here. Reservoir Dogs, we've already covered. Yeah, we should, we should talk about that. Last of the Mohicans is from 92. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of that one. I am. Big Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> fan. I'm president of the fan club. A League of Their Own. Great pa- movie. Patriot Games. That's I, 92. I feel like Under Siege might be a fun one to talk about. Our first Steven Seagal oh, film. Oh, man. I love Under Siege, so... You got me. You actually, I had never seen that until you let me borrow it. I was not a. I've already, I've already let the cat out the bag. I love Under Siege, so. <laughs> but yeah, let's. You want to do that one? Yeah, let's do that one. That'd be fun. It's, Great choice. It's a little bit under the radar. Good, it is a good lead in to our next episode. Some great characters in that film as well. All right, so there you go, number twenty-one. Under Siege, nineteen ninety-two, Steven Seagal. All right, cool. I think. Uh, I think we got it. Yeah, that's it, man. Great, great times. Thanks for listening again, everybody. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have nothing else to say to you people. Go home. Yeah, get a job. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's right. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you guys. Look, man. I'm falling. Oh, no, man. And the tailpipe.
Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Take this banana. Well. Bye.